listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Friday even, the 29th of April. This is Recap, brought to you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. Here's the disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Vanessa. Hi, Jose. Welcome to Casual Friday. How does it feel? Feels good to be at Friday again. (laughs) I love a good Friday. Hey, we've got (laughs) so much on the show today. It's quite jam-packed, so we should crack on. But very quickly, plans for the weekend? No plans, which which is a good plan for me, I think. Oh, man, I've got no plans either, so snap on that. <laughs> I mean, I might lie down. I might lie down at some point and have a bath. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably turn on the TV, I think. <laughs> you <laughs> go, you go. You, you take life by the horns and you grab it. I will. <laughs> uh, it is Casual Friday, and our guest for today is the New Zealand Herald's business editor at large, Liam Dan. He is going to be talking about one of this week's big stories Elon Musk and his takeover of Twitter. Stick around to hear that discussion later on in the show. Jose, US markets have been pretty choppy this week. Down one day, up the next. I know, I'm feeling intense nausea and motion sickness just thinking about it. But that's pretty common around earnings season, I guess, all those numbers to digest, etc. True, true. And probably even more so at the moment, you know, given all the uncertainty around. And investors are paying extra close attention to how companies have been navigating a whole raft of challenges, like disrupted supply chains, inflation and rising interest rates. And they're particularly interested in the big tech firms. Yeah, well, it's not the most fertile ground for high growth business models at the moment, is it? We've heard about Google and Microsoft early this week, but what about the likes of Meta and Apple? How are they doing? A mixed bag, it's fair to say. Facebook's parent Meta actually surprised the market with better than expected profit in the first quarter compared to the same time last year. Earnings per share were $2.72 US against the $2.56 US analysts expected. And daily active users rose slightly compared to the quarter before to 1.96 billion. So that's an improvement, right? I mean, didn't uh, daily active users decline for the first time ever in the fourth quarter? Yeah, that's right. And its share price was pummeled as a result. But yesterday, Meta's share price actually closed up almost 18%, which I think you'd call a relief rally because it wasn't all rosy. Revenue of 27.9 billion US dollars was up 7% on the same quarter last year, but it was lower than expected and also the first time since Meta listed a decade ago that it's reported single-digit growth. Okay, and was it a mixed bag of apples too or was apples turnover pretty tasty? (laughs) Well, apart from being a rich vein of metaphors, Apple's headline (laughs) numbers were okay. So no apple crumble then. Oh, I'm feeling so hungry right now. (laughs) Not yet. Apple's revenue for the first quarter was up almost 9% on the same period last year to 97.3 billion US dollars, and that was more than the market expected. And its smartphone business grew by almost 6% over the quarter. 
and pundits were pundits were particularly happy about that because it suggests that you know all the talk of economic doom and gloom hasn't dented consumers' enthusiasm for high-end tech products. On top of that, Apple's board approved a ninety billion US dollar share buyback program. Love those high-end tech products. Okay, so how do they see the quarter panning out? Well, Apple CFO Luca Maestri warned it's facing it's facing several challenges in the current quarter, like supply constraints, and and that could cause a pretty chunky dent in sales. And on top of that, demand in China is is under a lot of pressure from COVID-related lockdowns there. But we'll have to wait until next quarter's results to see how that pans out for Apple, right? We will. Uh, its share price lost a bit of ground in after-hours trading as as investors digested Maestri's comments. But it's a tricky environment to make reliable forecasts in right now, which is why Apple isn't bothering with those at the moment either. Okay, so before we run out of time, I know Amazon reported its results yesterday too. Can you give me the greatest hits? Greatest hits might not be quite the right turn of phrase. Amazon's revenue was up 7% in the first quarter compared to the same period last year. But to put that into context, last year's first quarter revenue was 44% higher than the prior period. So this marks the slowest revenue growth for any quarter since the dot-com bust in 2001. And Amazon also recorded a 7.6 billion US dollar loss on its investment in electric vehicle maker Rivian. And this, uh, this led to Amazon's first quarterly net loss since 2015. Mm. Uh, was there anything else of note? Well, Amazon's cloud computing unit's still doing pretty well. So sales at Amazon Web Services were up 36.5% compared to a year ago, which beat market expectations. Cool. Well, while we're on a high, maybe we should move on. So let's have a look-see over in Australia and at the country's largest online retailer, Kogan, which is looking at cracking down on costs after seeing its profits slide in the latest quarter. So they're a pretty big band in, brand in Australia, but they're not really known here in New Zealand. What's their deal? Yeah, uh, they are pretty ubiquitous in Oz, but the company had very humble beginnings. Its founder and CEO, Rosalind Kogan, started in 2006 from his parents' garage selling LCD TVs. And it now sells just about every electronic thingy you can think of, but it has also moved into health insurance and travel. It also bought the New Zealand e-retailer Mighty Ape in 2020 for $127 million. And it's listed on the ASX as KGN, and it has a market cap of $424 million. So how are they faring? You said profits have been tracking downwards? Uh, the company's gross profit for the quarter was $41 million. That's 11% less than the same quarter last year. Sales also dipped 3.8% at $262 million. EBITDA across the whole business was a loss of $800,000 for the quarter. And the e-commerce part of the business made a loss of $3.5 million. But that was offset uh, by Mighty Ape, which made a profit of $2.8 million. Oh, go Kiwi. What did Kogan say about what's driving those losses? Well, it's the old twin impacts of the pandemic and supply chain disruptions. As restrictions have eased up, customers are heading back to traditional stores on the street, and that has affected e-commerce right across the board. Kogan's also holding a lot of inventory, much more than it would uh, to uh, normally to combat order delays caused by the supply chain shortages. According to the reporting, they are holding $194 million worth of stock in warehouses, which is quite high, and that's caused a slowdown in profit. The company did admit it had prepared for a level of consumer demand, which just hasn't happened. 
and so they're cutting costs. Yeah, they want to preserve their main, their profit uh, margins, so they'll be making what they say are permanent operational cuts in line with the slow growth they see will happen for the rest of the year. And what's the share price been doing then? Yeah, the 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 price fell on today's opening by six point six percent. Just before recording uh, the pod today, it's sitting at four dollars. That's an eleven percent drop from Thursday's close. Earlier this week, Elon Musk jumped a big hurdle in his professed goal of buying Twitter and taking it private. The Twitter board voted to approve his takeover bid of $44 billion. This has been talked about and written about quite a lot. Someone who's written his own words about the deal and what it means is the New Zealand Herald's business editor at large, Liam Dan. The following is our attempt to come away with at least some conclusions. So Liam, I think like maybe the best place to start is um, with Twitter itself. Where is it as, as a business at the moment? Well, I, I think it, it's sort of seemed to have problems because it doesn't, it just doesn't make enough money for for, right. for all the no- noise it creates. I mean, it, it um, I think it, it had some revenue figures come out um, this week actually at around one point two billion something like that. Um, you know, and when you think about how you use it, um, the amount of engagement time it gets from someone like me, uh, you know, when I'm at work, I'm sort of on it as a journalist, using it as a news feed, but um, um, but they're just not getting a cent out of me. I mean, the ads are, are, are pretty poorly targeted. Um, it doesn't seem to pick up on um, my uh, purchases the way that Facebook does. You know, like if I if I look at sneakers, suddenly I'm only getting sneaker ads through Facebook. Twitter is is by its very nature, trying to be less invasive than that, um, but it just makes it very difficult to monetize. I mean, it's, it's um, and, and it's been a problem for a long time, and that's partly why Jack Dorsey, you know, the founder, is out. He doesn't necessarily see it as a great company to be there on the stock market, and um, maybe that's one of the reasons, other than the fact he probably hangs around with them, uh, that he's endorsed uh, Musk's takeover. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, Twitter as a, as a platform kind of it, it's sort of at odds. Its cultural impact is at odds with its kind of business impact, isn't it? I mean, it's more of a kind of – it's more of the sort of like early HBO version of a tech platform. It sort of had – there's a lot of buzz about it at Drive stuff. You know, you'll see uh, screenshots of Trump's tweets on the nightly news, yeah, that kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah, it falls into a weird space. I was thinking about this, you know, like so market cap wise, um, it's it's nowhere near a, a meta slash Facebook, which is, you know, half a trillion um, US dollars. Um, and, and you've got, uh, okay, so Musk's getting it for about um, 50, 50 billion uh, US, 66 billion New Zealand dollars. Um, and so it's nowhere on that scale. Um, but it's also, um, you know, it doesn't quite have, I mean, Trump, Trump was a thing. But then you look at something like uh, News Corp and Rupert Murdoch, and, and that's only worth, um, I think, last time I looked, just about $16 billion, 12 mm. or $16 billion. Um, yet that has, um, you know, enormous direct editorial influence in people's lives in uh, the US, Australia, UK. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's in a funny spot there. It, it, it creates a lot of noise. It seems to be a, a sort of driver of social, cultural, um, uh, you know, debate views opinion uh in, in america around the world but it, it's um yeah it's just not not a big money spinner and i think it's got to the point where people can't see how it becomes a big money spinner mm. and then along comes elon musk seemingly on a whim uh, on like a maybe a 2am tweet 
he yeah. decides he's going to give it a go and we've talked about this on recap um in the past weeks and this week it comes to fruition he you know the the twitter board approves his his um his bid he's had to finance that um to the tune of 44 billion dollars what have you seen in terms of the reactions to to that Musk buyout, which is still obviously six months away? The deals are still going to be um, you know clinched completely, and that'll take like, I think uh, from what I've heard six months. But what have you seen in terms of the reactions to the Musk buyout? Are both positive, negative, in between? G- give me a breakdown of kind of who, yes. who's been talking <laughs> about it. Not not much not much positive really. I mean, and it, and it seems to be another one of these culture wars things in the states. Uh, yeah. And there's been um, you know a, almost like a wave of panic going through the um, the uh, sort of the left liberal side of the um, the culture wars because of what he's said about um, Twitter needs to get back to free speech. And he's being really specific. You know, <laughs> think about the way he tweets. You know, at a, at a, at a, at a tweet a couple of tweets every hour. He's he started tweeting about. Um, what he thinks free speech means and, and, and where, how he thinks it needs to exclude the most extreme left and the most extreme right. Well, he's the guy that gets to define what extreme left and extreme right are now. In fact, even he posted a little um, cartoon graphic um, uh, earlier um, I saw uh, where he sort of suggested that um, the woke left had moved so far that a bunch of normal liberal kind of guys like him were now being accused of being on the on the right. Um, uh, so I, I guess that's the issue, isn't it? It's, it's that he gets to define all that now because he's just going to have uh, complete sole charge. Now, when you think about Twitter, it's quite, um, it, it, it is quite a left-leaning um social media platform I, I i think maybe that's the way it's been steered and i think the censorship and things but um if his plan is to sort of um uh do do stuff that alienates all those people that that's a risk for the business you know it, it, um that people and, and there are people in the states already talking about sort of abandoning it abandoning mm. it um i don't know what the alternative is really but um you know it's a bit like a lot of people talk about abandoning facebook but they can't quite <laughs> quite uh, quit it but they make it very difficult to abandon Facebook. I've tried it several times, and they always drag me back. Uh, but uh, in terms of people leaving Facebook, I mean, I think I just read that uh, you know there's been a bit of a exodus of, of sort of left leaning people who use Twitter from the from the platform, and actually a bit of an influx of right leaning people who've done, you know followed um, you know right, uh, Republican politicians and stuff over in the states. So that that's already a shift is happening. It's already affecting evicting the Twitter sphere, if you like. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's a, basically a huge debate or, or or sort of the world scratching their head to sort of work out the politics of Elon Musk because he's becoming, you know, I've written that he's, um, you know, we're in danger of this kind of return to a gilded age, um, you know, the, the, the days of JP Morgan and Rockefeller and things. where It's not just that um, billionaires are doing their philanthropy. They're, they're actively shaping the world in a way that... Um, uh, seems quite dynamic and exciting, but it's not particularly democratic. And um, even if even if he's a great guy, uh, you know, mm. it's just that idea that one person with so much control over things um, is is a bad idea because they they tend to go down rabbit holes and all people are strange. You know, that's just the way it is. And um, you know, having the, that old line about power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Um, it's usually not a good good um, sign once. Uh, You've got one person in control of so much. That's why we have, um, you know, good publicly listed companies have boards and shareholder votes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. At the same time, on the other hand, uh, I think uh, people who are 
probably looking at Musk a bit more positively are saying like, you know, he's an innovator. He's, um, you know, he built up Tesla, built up SpaceX. He, you know, he made a hundred million uh, from uh, and more from uh, from um, PayPal. He went straight into you know making rockets and electric cars, which is in the you know he could have become a venture capital venture capitalist and sort of sat on his backside essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I mean, he's he's very charismatic, and that is quite appealing. He's so dynamic. He's clearly a workaholic. I imagine he's scared the hell out of Twitter employees in the past few weeks because he's basically um, taking the company over and telling them what's coming at them <laughs> live live on their yeah. own platform. Um, and and the the feeling is that he's, you know, like Tesla is a, since he's had it, has mm. been a, a really driven company. You're either on board the Elon Musk way or, or you get out. And that means if you have uh, a creative spurt at 2am in the morning, you might be getting texts and emails from the boss at 2am in the morning. You know, it's that sort of live it and breathe it like a tech startup, but, you know, the, the, these things aren't really tech startups. Um, uh, unless so, he takes it private, which I think is the argument that, you know, if he takes it, it's all very well to... Um, talk this is the argument from the other side it's all very well yeah, to, sure. you know, to say that the you know a public listed company and it's got a board and then it can be run as as a company and it's all it's supposedly makes disclosures and has all, has all its information out free for people to look at but that perhaps that stifles uh innovation so if he takes it private as he seems to be able to want to do he can innovate, he can play with the platform, he can make it better, that A-B testing, yeah. you know, go fast, break it, fix it later kind of thing. He, he, yeah, well. And perhaps that's what it needs. change fast. In fact, he could probably reduce costs because mm. even, you know, a lot of, you're talking about free speech, well, a lot of the costs have got about 1,500 moderators around the world. Well, maybe you don't need so many of them if, you, if you're allowing uh, a lot more to stand on, on Twitter. Um, so, you know, he, he could probably take a lot of cost out Um and then he's talked about, you know, um, plans to, to lower the cost of the subscription model. You know, maybe maybe he can make the subscription model work with some of these uh, new features he's been talking about. You know, maybe you throw in an edit button for the um, the uh, premium model, that kind of thing. Um, you know, like he, he's um, yeah, he, he's obviously very effective at making change. And um, I, I also think, you know, like he he, he seems. Um, he seems quite good fun. I just don't know if I'd want him <laughs> as a boss. You know, like he, he's obviously, as much as he um, has some quite libertarian uh, views that make him uh, appealing to the, the American right, he seems more like he wants to be one of the cool kids at the party, you know, uh, and, um, you know, to be accepted by, you know, uh, <laughs> that sort of world, you know, dating rock stars and um, uh, making cool drugs and smoking weed, uh, jokes about drugs and smoking weed. The, the, the one, he, he, he joked on Twitter that um, his next move would be uh, buying Coca-Cola and putting the cocaine back in, you know, so it's sort of that kind of hipster humour um, is appealing, but uh, it may be appealing to hang out with. It's just, do you want them <laughs> running running your major uh, institutions in society? I don't know. I think I'd find him hard work to hang out with, to be honest. But <laughs> I, I would have to say, yeah. Uh, what is he likely to do here? And I should say, actually, um, and I, I've wanted to do this for so long, there has been some late-breaking news in that he it was sort of just revealed by uh, the SEC filings that he's um, sold four billion, four billion dollars worth of Tesla stock. Uh, that's not a surprise, is it? I mean, he had to do that to try and finance his half of that. He has to fund this bit, yeah. yeah. And and I mean, you know, it's um, 
it's an interesting time. It's hard to work out how much of what's going on with a stock like Tesla and, and some of the other tech stuff is um, is related to Musk, but there's also this whole tech sell-off going on at the moment. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's, um, uh, you know, people talking about Tech Rec too and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's, um, it's a time when um, I guess we're seeing all these, these valuations uh, shift for tech companies anyway. So, you know, in, in the thick of that, here he comes to shake it up with so far, nothing, nothing really radical. Right. So, so, right. I mean, it, Something like an edit button, something like um, you know, I don't, I'm not techy enough to really understand the bit about um, open sourcing the algorithms. Uh, you know, it's nice to see that. I go, I, I guess, and um, be able to know how they're making decisions. Um, yeah, cutting costs, uh, finding a way to sell that subscription model better. I mean, those probably are the uh, sort of serious, sensible ways that um, you'd try and monetize the thing. And that were just moving too slowly and didn't didn't look to be getting any traction uh, with the management that they had. And yet he says he's not interested in the economics of it. Um, it's purely kind of a social. I guess I, I, I'm slightly putting words in his mouth, but uh, it seems to me he, he sort of sees it as a social good. He's kind of doing his bit. You know, he's he's got the electric cars. He's trying to reduce emissions, working with solar power, all that kind of thing. Um, and now he's trying to sort out us humans and trying to help so social discourse, which I fear he's going to find much more difficult to, to, to wrangle with. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's hard to argue with his um, desire to accelerate, um, you know, green technologies and things. Um, you know, I, I'm, and, and, and not all, not all your listeners will feel this way. I'm a little skeptical of, um, uh, you know, where cryptocurrency goes when, when you start talking about it in terms of um, removing governments from the equation. And he's a bit of an evangelist there. Um, so he's clearly a libertarian. I don't think he's as quite as dark hearted as uh, some, you know, mm. <laughs> you Peter Thiel's of the world and so on. But um, uh, you know, he, he has views that um, are slightly uh, libertarian and slightly anarchic. You know, so and that's fine for him because he's he's um, you know going to be looked after whatever happens. Um, but you know, there are people who still find that governments do some quite good things to keep uh, you know keep society ticking over and and, and uh, you know have some checks and balances around around it all. Really quickly to finish up, uh, what do you think is going to happen here to, to, to sort of circle back? Is it going to be crash and burn, do you think? Or is he going to take a bit more of a measured approach than maybe he's led us to believe? Uh, what, do you, what do you think of the certainties here? Yeah, I think that there could well be a more middling, slightly less exciting path that he, he finds it all a, a little bit more difficult than it is just to tweet about. And, um, and you kind of get a little bit of um, maybe Trump comes back who knows, Trump says he doesn't want to, that kind of thing, a little bit of outrage, but, you know, guys like me are just going to still be on Twitter to, <laughs> to watch what's going on. I, I don't think I don't think it's going to die in a hurry, but I, I, I um, you know, uh, I, I don't see much of an alternative uh, there in that space. Um, you know, my kids are all about uh, TikTok and Snapchat and things, and one day that's where everyone will get the news, I guess. But um, for now, Twitter is, is, is the front end of it all. Um yeah, like there'll be some outrage. There'll be hells of outrage, um, whatever changes he makes. But they they may not be quite as radical, and it may sort of bumble on, I guess, until we start to get other alternatives. Thanks very much, Liam Dan, for his time today. I put a link to some of his thoughts about the deal, and also links to a couple of others that I found useful. That's all in the episode description. 
yes, that was recap for the 29th of April. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love you to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz. And you can also leave a voice message. There's a link in the episode description. Sure as have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye.